0: Hello, my name is Joe Rodriguez, and you're listening to Get the Money Right with Todd Butzer. Todd has decades of experience in giving real estate agents the training and resources they need to get their finances on track. To those of you that learned of this show from the Pivot Shift Ahead a Facebook group, welcome to the show. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes. I'm sure you'll find some good information there. I know I have. In this episode of Get the Money Right, Todd talks about the benefits of visiting your money. And now, here's Todd. Thanks, Joe. Welcome everybody to episode 19 of Get the Money Right. We're glad you're with us. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at the second half, if you will, of uh, the most common financial statements. We're going to be taking a close look at the balance sheet in uh, in this episode. You know, When I did a survey of agents, and I've brought this survey up before in a previous podcast, we did a survey of about 800 agents uh, a few years ago, right at the same time of year that I'm recording this. And one of the questions I asked in the survey was, how often do you visit your money? And that's the language I use. And I meant it that way. How often do do you go take a look at your money? And the number one answer as the survey was going on, because I could I could see the results coming in, the number one answer was never, and number two was seldom. And by the time the survey ended, the number one answer was seldom, and the number two answer, folks, was never. Never look at our money. So... You can imagine what the predictable outcome would be if we never take a look at this. And that's why I wanted to introduce us to the balance sheet today, because it is one of those documents you're going to want to regularly visit along with the profit and loss statement, because the two go hand in hand. Now, let's do just a very quick review of the profit and loss statement, or what's called the income statement, or the P&L yeah, we normally list revenue first on, on the P&L, and from that we take away cost of sale. A cost of sale is exactly what it sounds like. It's money we put out to get the sale in. So we don't incur that cost of sale unless there's actually a sale. For example, we do a, a sale, we have a commission, from the commission we pay our broker a, a split, for example. From that split, that split would only be paid if there is a transaction. So that's an example of a cost of sale. After cost of sale, we remove expenses. We list our expenses there. And after that, we show our net profit. Okay? It's a, it's a pretty simple formula, and there's several categories that can fit with inside there. Now, just a quick note, because I don't think we talked about it during the P&L episode, but I do want to make sure that I've got this out there, just because your P&L says it was profitable for the month or for the time period that we're looking at, that does not mean you have that much cash. So I'll say that again. Just because there was profit does not mean you have that much cash, even if you're using cash accounting versus accrual accounting, which is a whole other topic that we're not going to hit right now. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. A group of investors that I know were having a a dispute, minor dispute with the owner of their company. And I knew this group well, and they knew me. And so they said, uh, we, we have this, this question, we have, let's say $100,000 in revenue we have 50,000 in cost of sale and expenses combined so we have 50,000 of profit and we had agreed as a group in our operating agreement that we would distribute our, our profits i said okay great what's the question well we did not distribute this last month and we had 100 grand in sales 50,000 in cost of sale and expense so we had 50,000 in profit and we didn't distribute i said okay well, what if you didn't have any cash? They said, "Well, we did have cash. We had 100,000 in sales, 50,000 blah blah blah. We had 50,000 uh in in profit, therefore we should have distributed the 50,000." I said, "I understand that, but but what if you didn't have any cash?" And there was kind of a long silence, and I said, "Look, if if the company brought in 100,000 in revenue and had 50,000 combined in cost of sale and expenses, okay? And then wrote a check for 50,000 for a really cool piece of equipment that the office needed and some fancy copier printer that could, you know, do everything. And it decided not to expense the equipment but to put it on the balance sheet as office equipment. And depreciate it or take cost recovery on it later, your cash would go down by 50000 but your PL would still show a $50,000 profit because the $50,000 for the copier machine was not expensed. It was placed on your balance sheet. And that's what I'm referring to. If, if we don't know what questions we're asking, it's hard to take a really in-depth, intuitive look here. So, and I just brought up our, our second document, and it's the balance sheet. And you can see how these two go hand in hand. So uh, you've most likely done a balance sheet, even if you haven't been doing them for your business, which we hope you are, but if, even if you haven't been, you've most likely done one. And you've done one in what we call in our, in our personal lives, you've done a personal financial statement, which works the exact same way. A personal financial statement is a list of your assets, things you own, your liabilities, things you owe, and your, your net worth, or essentially your equity, okay? So, a business balance sheet is the same. It's made up of three components, your assets, your liabilities, and your shareholder's equity. It works the exact same as a personal financial statement. Now, the formula for this is actually pretty simple in terms of how this works. Your assets equal your liabilities plus your equity. And those, those have to balance. Those two sides have to balance, hence the term a balance sheet. Now, let's just take a look at this and, and walk through it. So the first listing on virtually every balance sheet is its assets. What does the company own or what does your business own? Usually, these are listed in order of liquidity. So, for example, one of the first items on your balance sheet or under your assets, so to speak, would be like your checking account or cash on hand, uh, possibly a savings account, things like that, okay? Then we would look into areas like uh, fixed assets, like equipment and things like that. We can even list uh, areas that are intangible. We could even list things like goodwill. Those would all be listed under things that we own in our company as an asset, the second major area is liabilities, and liabilities is exactly what it would sound like, and it's exactly what you've done on a personal basis. This is where you've listed all the people you owe money to that would go under your liabilities. And typically, these are listed on a balance sheet. These usually list as current or long term liabilities. And of course, these can get ultra sophisticated, but for our businesses, they're relatively straightforward. They're really, they really are. So, for example, under a current liability, maybe we have wages or taxes that we've withheld that we, we're going to owe to the IRS for employees that we have. Maybe we have interest that's accrued on, um, on, a, on a loan that we, we owe right now. That would be a current liability. Now, there's also long-term liabilities, and this is where you would list long-term debt. You've got a, a line of credit. Uh, you have a, a, just a bank loan that you've taken out to operate your business. Uh, maybe you have a vehicle loan, something like that. Those would be listed under your long-term liabilities. Okay. Now, when you, when you think about these two right here, just the assets and liabilities portion, really what comes to mind is this. What would happen if there was a liquidation, if we had to sell this company, would the assets cover the liabilities, it's no different than, a, than an individual person when they say, do you have a positive net worth? Incidentally, side note, this is a great exercise to do for your family, for you and your family, your loved ones uh, on a regular basis is to look at your net worth, which comes from your personal balance sheet, if you will, or your personal financial statement. It's a great exercise to do. So we have our assets. This is stuff we own right now. Okay. We have liabilities. It is uh, items we owe to someone else, okay? And the third item, then, is retained earnings. And retained earnings is really this. It's the cumulative net earnings of our business, add it all together, less any dividends or distributions that the owners have taken out, which leaves us with earnings that are retained by the company or retained earnings. So you can see how these two financial documents work in tandem because you could have a company that is profitable currently uh, on its last P&L statement for the time period that the P&L is covering, it could be, quote, profitable. But that does not mean that company is solid. It doesn't mean it's solvent. It doesn't really mean anything other than for that period of time, it's profitable, and there may be a trend line toward profitability, okay? So what we look at is we look at them both together. So for example, we may have a healthy balance sheet. We may have a healthy balance Uh, Debt-to-asset ratio, which we're not going to get into right now. We could have really good ratios there and have a very healthy balance sheet, but we could be losing money, which is going to affect long-term the balance sheet. So they go hand-in-hand. Now, just something quick to think about. The P&L is for a time period. It's usually a month or year-to-date type of of situation or a quarter, but it's a selected time period. So we may look at, for example, October, the profit and loss for October, and then we may look at the profit and loss for uh, January through October, and then we may look at January through October versus last year, January through October. So it's for a period of time. A balance sheet, folks, is looking at a specific date in time. It's capturing as of the end of the month of October on that date. Here's how much cash we had on hand. Here's how much, uh, here's what our assets looked like in terms of fixed equipment, office equipment, and so on. Here's what our debts looked like as of that date. And here's what our shareholder equity looked at as of that date so they they tell two different stories and together they give us a complete story if if you're not already started on this i would highly encourage you to begin visiting the money on a regular basis if you're not sure how to get one of these built talk to your accountant your your tax professional they're going to guide you on this and also your bookkeeper can help you in terms of, of pulling this report from information you've fed into your financial software. So I hope that helps. But again, folks, this is getting back to a respect for our money and the, the benefits of visiting our money often. That concludes this episode of Get the Money Right. I'll stay up to date on the latest to get the money right. Follow us on Instagram or on, and LinkedIn, and be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to support the show, please leave a five-star review and share with your friends. If you're a real estate agent who's getting their money right and want to be guests on the show, please submit all inquiries to getthemoneyright.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.